Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast. Relevant and engaging content designed to help you dominate the day. Hey, BTK listeners. The weather's getting warmer, the days are getting longer, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for the new intern to hit the hospital. Don't worry, though. We've got your back. I'm Shanaz Hussain. And I'm Nina Clark. And this series will give you some practical tips and tricks for dominating your intern year. Today, we're going to step into the oft-dreaded shoes of the consult resident, both on the requesting and the receiving end. We'll also give some tips on how to survive those 24-plus hour-long shifts in the hospital. Shanaz, I don't know about you, but my record is 32 consults in a single 24-hour period with multiple procedures and cases going to the operating room at our trauma hospital. I don't know what your record is. is. I have been a white cloud, so I have not reached the 32 mark, but I've also had some pretty busy consult days, back-to-back consults, so it can get pretty hectic no matter what. For sure. As an intern, I was a huge white cloud, and then immediately upon reaching my uh, PGY2 year, things went very quickly downhills. But I would say that regardless of if you are a white cloud intern or a black cloud intern or anything in between, the common themes here I think will be pretty common throughout the rest of our episodes with this series efficiency, organization, and a good attitude are going to get you through even the most painful consult shifts. The attitude makes a huge difference. And with these other tips and tricks we'll give you, we'll hopefully make your 24-hour calls a little less painful. Let's talk about how to call in a new consult. There's definitely an art to it. You'll be calling new consults for your patients, and it's a critical skill to learn how to do it in a friendly but directed and efficient way. You'll be working alongside your consultants for the rest of your career, and you're also your colleagues in the hospital. If you can handle it well, consults are some of the best ways to learn more about your patients. The consultants in the hospital are little experts in the domain that you're asking them for their help in, and they can talk you through the reasoning. TLDR is to have a clear question, give a quick relevant history, and document the request in your notes. Nina, can you expand a little bit more on how you use these concepts in calling a consult? Yes. I I think that when you're calling a new consult, it's really critical to be extremely clear and get to the consult question as quickly as possible. So I really use the same script for almost every single consult that I call. I say, hi, this is so-and-so with the general surgery team. We're calling to request a possible XYZ in a patient with XYZ diagnosis. Let me take you through an example of how I would call, for example, a consult to IR for a drain placement for a patient with an intra-abdominal abscess. I would call you and I would say, hey, Shanaz, this is Nina with the general surgery team. I'm calling to request a possible drain placement in a patient with an intra-abdominal abscess. I can give you the patient's MRN whenever you're ready. And then I take a pause. I let Shanaz write down the medical record number and look up the patient on her screen. And then I go ahead. I would say briefly, this is a 78-year-old gentleman who presented a week ago with perforated diverticulitis and underwent a Hartman's procedure. He developed abdominal pain and leukocytosis yesterday, and we got a CT, which is showing a 4 by 8 centimeter intra-abdominal abscess. So we were hoping you could take a look at his imaging and see if he was a candidate for percutaneous drainage. I think this type of presentation gives a lot of the key information that a consultant is going to want to know before they can then ask you more directed questions. I do the same thing where I present a really brief question at the beginning of the consult before inundating the consultants with any type of history. That way they can know what they're listening for and also have directed questions that they can ask you after you give the brief history in case you don't cover it. Consultants will also typically ask about the stability of the patients so that they can prioritize their consults if they're getting multiples. If you are requesting another team to perform a procedure on your patient, be prepared with the following information as well. 
And this is information that we'll actually want from other teens who are asking us for a surgical evaluation too. Whether or not the patient has been MPO, how long they've been MPO, if the patient is able to consent and or if they have to go through a power of attorney or anyone else for consent, what is the contact information for their proxy, whether or not the patient has blood thinners and confirm when this procedure needs to be done. Definitely. As a surgical resident, you'll quickly learn the necessary details before you can safely operate on somebody. And the same goes for other consultants who might be doing procedures on your patients. So really have that in mind when you're asking somebody to potentially intervene on one of your patients. Shanaz, how about when somebody is consulting you as the general surgeon on call? A lot of this we've already talked about. So on the other end, you'll think about what is it that they're asking. Make sure you clarify the consult question. Are they asking for help in the diagnosis? Are they asking for help in the management? Are they asking us to do a type of procedure? And the reason why this is so important is because you do not want to walk into a room and start talking about potential surgery to the patient if they haven't even been approached about that topic from the primary team. Obviously, you'll be the point of contact for any surgical part, but they might not be in a mental mind space yet that they're going to get a surgery. So clarify very quickly whether or not you're there just for an evaluation or if the patient's already expecting that they'll undergo surgery. I think consult questions might be very straightforward, and these are the easy ones, right? We have a patient with a perforated viscous, and we would like to request your evaluation emergently. That's great. That's super straightforward. You can run to that patient's room, see them quickly, and triage them appropriately. When consult questions are vague, it's often because the primary team isn't comfortable or isn't familiar with the stuff that they're seeing. So this can take a couple of forms. We very commonly at our hospital get consults for an ileus versus a small bowel obstruction or for refractory abdominal pain. In these cases, it's often safest, kindest, and most appropriate to see the patients and offer whatever you can do to help. It's pretty rare that a consult is truly inappropriate, and this generally should be at the discretion of senior residents or even attendings before you decline a consult. Especially as an intern, I think if you're concerned about a consult in any way, either if it's very high acuity or if you're worried that it might be an inappropriate consult, definitely run it by somebody senior to you before declining to see a patient. In general, consults are a request for help, and even those unnecessary or non-surgical consults can go a really long way for fostering good relationships with other services in the hospital and reassuring patients as well as your colleagues. I can't emphasize that enough. Consults are a way to ask for help and taking care of the patient. The way I look at those quote-unquote unnecessary consults is fine. If it really wasn't a surgical consult, at the end of the day, it's going to cost you a total maybe 20 to 30 minutes of seeing the patients, writing a note, but you helped out another team and understanding that this patient doesn't need surgery. And you maybe alleviate another patient concern. Speaking of the patient, when you go to see a consult patient, do a little bit of a chart review first. Get the relevant details of what's going on in their history, figure out why they were even brought to the hospital in the first place, and figure out their hospital course thus far. See if they've had any procedures that were done by other teams, and also the timing of that. Was that a very recent surgery, or is all of their procedural history from previous admissions? But I would also say don't get bogged down in chart review, too. You want to be able to see the patient as soon as possible with consult. Their condition can change very quickly, especially if it's an ED patient. You're going to end up using information from a lot of different sources that you're putting together to come up with the full story for these patients. I think that looking up a patient and asking the patient directly rather than depending on peppering my consulting team with a million questions is usually the more reliable and honestly the faster way to get really reliable information. And I also know the information that I'm going to need from that consult's patient. So if, I, if I'm able to then target my 
H&P accordingly once I actually go see them, then I just save everybody time and I consult into a lot of pain in the butt. Exactly. As you're calling back the consultant, also let them know that you're going to go to see the patient. A lot of these call days or consults day, you're going to get slammed with consults. And if it's a patient that is on paper, the vitals look great, maybe doesn't seem as sick and the consultant confirms that, let them know, hey, I had a ton of consults come my way. I will see your patient, but I'm not exactly sure when. I'm shifting through other consults to see which patients may be a little bit more urgent or emergent for me to see. I will let you know as soon as I see the patient, we have a plan what we think we need to do. And it's just a courteous way to keep everyone in the loop and that the consult is not left hanging wondering, hey, did that surgery resident go see my patient yet? Like I really need to know if the patient can eat yet. The ones that are going to get all of the requests from the patient for having a snack or a beverage later that day. So definitely the sooner you can get back to your consulting teams, the better. I also think it's really important to find the appropriate information to contact the receiving team or the consulting team again. So if you get a phone number or if they're signed into the patient and you can find their contact info, that's great. If you don't have that information, definitely ask on that initial consult request. Nina, how do you keep track of your consults? You know exactly (laughs) how I take care of keeping track of all of my consults. I have a lot of boxes. In fact, it does. (laughs) I keep a checkbox system, no surprise, for every single new consult. They get four separate boxes by default. I see the patient. I staff the patient with my team. I'd make a note and I write a note for that patient. And then I call back the consulting team to give them our recommendations verbally in addition to what I write in my note. This just keeps me right on track with how far I've progressed through the management of every consult. It keeps me on track with what I have remaining. I can quickly review my list of consults, especially when I'm getting up into the high 20s or 30s. It's great when I know exactly who has not been staffed yet and where I'm at with every single one of them. So that's my method for keeping track of all of ours. I think it comes back to a theme of keeping a really good organization system and figuring out what works for you to keep track of everything. Before we move on for the consults, I just want to mention one last tidbit. Check with your hospital to see what system consults are communicated through. For example, for one of my hospitals, even though we technically have a consult order, that order is mostly for billing purposes. And if you put in a consult order, it will not automatically reach the team that you need to consult. So the true communication is your page directly to the consulting team. For the other hospitals, a consult order in the computer will automatically send a page to the receiving team too. Just be sure to clarify which situation that is so that you're not accidentally assuming that someone received your consult order when truly they won't know until you directly page them. As with many things, I would never assume that just putting it into the computer means that it's going to be executed. I really like confirming and talking to a human uh, or at least getting a verification from somebody that they've seen it and they're moving on forward with the management. So Agreed. And then the other thing in terms of consult courtesy is to check with the team whether or not they will place their own orders or if they want you to place their own orders. A lot of times, some attendings on other services will want to be the only ones putting in order. So you'll just tell them what order you want. And other times, the primary team will be happy when we put in the orders as a consultant team. It's a quick question. Hey, this is our assessment and plan. Do you want me to put in the orders or what do you feel more comfortable putting it in? And that'll be a great way to avoid any potential conflicts. I think that's it for consult. Well, let's actually shift to talking about calls and how to survive long shifts. Nina, is there something that you bring on their call days to help you survive the day? 
Yep, I mentioned it in our first episode. I'll mention it again here. I have a little bag that goes in my backpack at all times. It's got stuff like toothbrush, toothpaste, face wash, a change of sock. It is really stunning to me how just like washing your face and brushing your teeth can make you feel like a real person 30 hours into a shift instead of a little hospital gremlin. And so I'm a big fan of the like pre-rounds cleanup after a 24. I agree. Around 6 p.m. or once all the sign outs done, I usually try and also do like a quick face wash. I'll brush my teeth at some point in the night or even change to a fresh set of scrubs, honestly. The same thing. A new set of scrubs feels like a reset before the rest of the night gets going again. On those long days, you try and take a nap at some point. There's a few points on finding time to take a nap. And one of my favorite things to do is do PM rounds. And I know you're saying rounding again, we already did that in the morning, but trust me, you'll go a long way. You'll have a long list of patients, but they're probably going to be law located in one area of the hospital on a floor and a ward. And what I typically do is I go up to that floor. I go to the nurse's station. I talk to the charge nurse, the individual nurses taking care of the patients to see if there's any orders that they need or any potential patients that might be a little sick. Put an eye on them sooner rather than later and check in on them. Agree completely. I walk around routinely when I'm on overnight even, and I feel like it just wards off bad juju in my sick patients and the good patients. I get to say hi and pop in and be friendly and and get to know them a little better. I think it also really helps to develop a strategic understanding with the floor nurses and the charge nurses as to where you're out in the night and how busy you are because then they've seen you they know that you're around they can get a lot of the non-urgent stuff out of the way Uh, and that really saves me i think about a million pages every night if i'm able to do that walk rounds i also think setting an alarm i had my first no hitter of residency just the other night and i set an alarm and i barely woke up in time for sign out so (laughs) thank god i did but i think also in the off chance that your pager doesn't go off and wake you up in the middle of your nap you still want to wake up in time to get out of there in the morning so keeping an eye on the time in that sense too i think is really important and also just an off chance you accidentally sleep through a page those alarms can help you check your pages at a regular pace to make sure you didn't miss anything too Consults and calls are some of the most daunting days of your early residency, but they're also a great opportunity for you to grow and become autonomous, as well as feel like an independent, crucial part of the hospital team. So hopefully these tips will make it less scary and a lot more fun. Stay organized, use your nursing colleagues to know what's going on on the floor, and really own your patients, and you will be totally on top of your consults and able to handle even these fairly long shifts. Be sure to check out our website at www.behindthenife.org for more great content. You can also follow us on Twitter at Behind the Knife and Instagram at Behind the Knife Podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a review. Content produced by Behind the Knife is intended for health professionals and is for educational purposes only. We do not diagnose, treat, or offer patient-specific advice. Thank you for listening. Until next time, dominate the day.